Come on, let's worship Him. Father, we praise You and we thank You, Lord Jesus, for who You are. We thank You for Your presence in this place today, Lord God. (laughs) Father, we count it an honor that You would grace us with Your presence this day. We glorify Your holy name. Hallelujah. 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 You love the Lord? Yes. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 It's good to be back. Amen. Come on, give this worship team a hand clap. Amen. Doing an awesome job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Also want to uh, send our condolences to the Lane family. Want to continue to lift them up. Pray for them. And also congratulations to the Powell family. And the uh, Collins, the new grandbaby, amen, hallelujah. Um, God just worked a miracle in that whole situation, and we just praise God for watching over them, amen. How many of you are facing some giants? Hmm? How many of you know that that we face giants all the time, whether it be through... um, finances, whether it be through um, uh, diagnosis, uh, different things that we face, giants in our lives that we need to overcome. A lot of people think that, you know, that when we go through life that just whatever comes along, that we're supposed to accept it and go on with it, that that's just the way life is. But I don't believe that because we're connected to a God who's bigger than that. I don't believe that everything that comes my way is from God. But I do believe that God can work everything that comes against me for my good. Amen? So, I know that one thing the enemy doesn't want you to understand is the level of anointing that God has given you. Everybody has, God has dealt and will give to everybody gifts, but there is an anointing that will come on a person when a person starts living for God. God gives everybody an anointing. Don't look at somebody and think that somebody else is getting your blessing and your your, uh, anointing in a prayer line because they're not. Because your anointing is designed for you. And the enemy don't care how much anointing you have. As long as that anointing will just come to you and never come through you. Because the level of anointing released through you will take down your giants. The title of my message this morning is Anointing Released Equals Giants Deceased. Amen. 
the level of the anointing that God places on you. You see, when God anointed David to become king, David didn't just automatically become king at that moment. But God took David through a process. He took him to a, through a process of time. He went back to tending sheep. His father thought so much about David that he didn't even call him in when his brother, when Samuel came to anoint a king. He left him out tending to the sheep. But when, Saul, when Samuel began to anoint him and, and Eliab passed by him, he thought for sure that that was him. And the Lord said, don't look at his physical stature. Because man don't, God don't see as man sees, but God looks at the heart. And he went through all of his sons, and, and it wasn't until the end when Samuel called David in that the Lord said, Arise up and anoint. This is the one whom I've chosen. And David went through a process of, of time to where he, he tended his father's sheep. I, I can see him now as he's, as he's out on the uh, out on the. Uh, uh, watching his father's sheep on the hillside, and he's he's just picking up stones and begin to begin to use his sling. And as he begins to use his sling, he begins to pick up certain rocks and find out which rock would go a certain way and which rock wouldn't go a certain way. He began to find out how he could guide certain ones, and they were certain ones that he put in there. I'm sure he couldn't guide. And uh, anyway, David goes through this whole process. But if you go to 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, I'm going to start reading here. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sacho, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sacho and Azekah in Ephes Demim. Now let me just tell you this. When the enemy sees you struggling in your life, the first thing he's going to try to do is settle in on your praise. Judah means praise. This was a part of the property that, that Israel had that belonged to them, and the enemy, which in Judah means praise. And when the enemy, the enemy knows that if he can get you to shut down your praise, if he can shut down your praise, he can keep you from advancing. He'll try to discourage you. He'll try to, he'll try to bring bad report against you. He'll try to make things look worse than they are. Amen? But how many of you know that there's two places in the Bible you're supposed to praise Him? When you feel like it, when you don't. Amen? The Bible says that Israel is holy enthroned. God is holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. He says, our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Let me just tell you this. You're not going to be ashamed by putting your trust in the Lord. God's going to make sure that he makes a way. And see, God is setting this platform up because God was not nervous. God wasn't worried about what was about to take place. He wasn't worried that... that uh, that Israel was going to lose this battle. He wasn't concerned about that at all. You see, because nothing catches God off guard. may catch us off guard, but it don't catch God off guard. And it don't make him nervous. When you're going through a problem in your life, don't think God is up in heaven wringing his hands, wondering how he's going to get you through this. 
No, what he's wondering is if he's going to be able to get you into a place to where you can begin to have the character of God work through you because, you see, I hear people all the time. They're begging God to anoint them. They're saying, God, please anoint me. God, do this and do that. Listen, let me tell you this. If you're saved and you're walking in God's anointing in your life, you are anointed. You don't have to beg for that anointing. What you've got to understand is who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, there are certain things in our life that will contaminate that anointing and not allow that anointing to be released like it should be. But the anointing's there. A lot of people, they always want, oh, I want to get prayer to be anointed. And that's good and that's fine. But it does not do you any good if that anointing does not ever come through you. Anointing released, giants deceased. Amen. And in verse 2 it says, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array. In other words, they were dressed pretty. They, they looked real good. They had battle clothes on, but they wasn't doing anything. They were just looking at one another. And it says, And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, which means he was about nine foot nine, foot, nine inches tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was armed with a coat of mail. That weighed, and the coat of mail was 5,000 shekels or 126 pounds. That's a whole other person he was wearing. And it says, and he had a bronze helmet on his head and was armed with a coat of mail. And the coat weighed uh, 5,000 shekels. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. The iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a bear and a bear went before him. It says, "Then he stood and cried out to the armies and said to them, "Why have you come to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for you yourselves." To come down to me. Now see, one of the first things that the enemy wants to do is try to bring intimidation on us. To make us think that we have to fight battles by ourselves. Nobody ever said that they had to go out to this battle by themselves. But why was they, why was they afraid to go out? Because Saul, if you go back another chapter, Saul had lost the anointing. You remember when he failed to, to destroy all the Amalekites? And he saved King Agag. And they came and they told, he came and uh, said, I've done all that you told me to do. And Samuel said, you've done all that I've told you to do. He said, so what's all this blatant out here in the background? He said, oh, we saved some of the finest sheep and all and cattle for sacrificing to the Lord. And we've kept King Agag. And he said, what did he say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. And because you've disobeyed the Lord, the kingdom will be stripped from you. And God raised up David. And he says, 
And then he calls out and he says, I defy, this is Goliath. He says, I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man this day that we fight together. And let me just tell you this. The battles that we fight will always present themselves bigger than they are. They will always look bigger. The things that you face in life, the things that you go through in life, the, 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 the financial things, the breakdowns that you think you're having, just let me just tell you this. Sometimes God wants to get you to a place to where you not break, that you don't break down, but you have a breakthrough. And sometimes God is trying to get us into a position to where he can do greater things for us, but we can't do it unless we go through certain things. I've learned a long time ago that when I pray for things, I don't pray for deliverance, for God to deliver me. When I'm going through a situation in my life, I'm saying, God, I, I used to pray, God, deliver me from this. I don't want to go through this. But now I'm praying, God, teach me in this season that I'm in that I never have to come back here again. I never want to come back to this place again. Teach me. Show me where I don't have to come back here. Some people get in a season in their life, and they keep revolving around in that season. That's never intended to be. God don't intend Tim, for you to continue on in the same seasons. We got to learn to look at the, no matter what the situation is, we need to do what Paul says in Romans 8 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who is going to stand against you? It says, When Saul and all Israel heard these words, the Philistines, they were dismayed. They were, listen to me, they were surprised in such a manner they were disillusioned. When the enemy speaks to you, when things come against you, when you face in certain situations in your life, if you're not careful, you'll be disillusioned by them. You'll be so overwhelmed by them that you'll be, they'll look bigger, they'll, they'll seem worse than they really are. Nothing is a match for God. Never come to the place in your life to where you think that things that you're going through is so big that they can never be overcome. They can. But only through the power of God and the anointing that God has placed in our life. It says, Now David was the son of an Ethanite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in years, in the days of Saul, and the three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to battle. The names of the three sons of the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, the next Abinadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest of the oldest that followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned to Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistines drew near to present himself forty days, morning and evening. And Jesse said to his son David, Take your brothers an ephah of, grain, of dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses for the captains of the thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now listen, David was just being obedient to what his father was telling him to do. He had no idea the stage that God was setting up for him. See, a lot of times we think that just simple obedience is something that we, that 
we don't really understand it. We don't know why we're going. But when we get there, we begin to understand and begin to see things unfold. And God begins to set up a platform because God knew what it was going to take for David to get into the place of becoming king. See, you're not king just because you have a title. You king when people follow you into battle. Huh? So here's David. David is there, and his brothers look at him and say, what are you doing here? They say, we know that you come here, and we know that you just come here just to see the battle. And David looks at his brothers and says, is there not a cause? In other words, is there not a reason, is there not a purpose that God has brought me here? Because when everybody else, when the giant would come out and say something, everybody else would tuck tail and run. But David stood because he had an anointing that was on his life that he was feeling a release coming through him because he had felt this many times when he was watching his father's sheep. So they brought him to Saul, and it always amazes me in this story how Saul, they brought David to Saul, and all of a sudden Saul begins to tell him what he can and what he can't do. You cannot go out against this Philistine because you're just a youth and he is a champion from his youth. And he says, nevertheless, he said, if you're going to go out, he says, put my armor on you. Isn't it amazing that somebody that ain't never been in a battle can tell you how to go through yours? They all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're an expert on what you need to do. They can tell you how to fight the battle that you're about to enter into, but they ain't never been in one themselves. And they try to put his title on him. He tried to put everything on him, but listen, let me just tell you this. Titles don't win battles. Anointing wins battles. And when you're facing a battle and a crisis in your life and when you're facing a giant in your life, you don't need, you don't need a title. You need an anointing. You don't need somebody else's armor. You need the anointing of God on you because the anointing of God is one that destroys the yoke and lifts the burden off of people's lives. The anointing of God will begin to draw people and begin to pour out his spirit on, other, on, on, on people and cause them to be raised up to follow after them. It'll cause them to want to join in the battle. I can just see David as he goes in and Saul begins to tell him what he can and can't do. And Saul, I believe David must have looked at Saul and said, Listen, sir, I can't tell you exactly what's been going on in my life for the last few years, but I can tell you this. There was a man that come by my house one day, and I can't tell you everything that happened, but at one point he poured oil over the top of my head. And from that day on, something supernatural has been taking place in my life. I can remember when I was watching my father's sheep there was one time that there was a lion came out and grabbed one of the sheep and before I knew it I felt something that went all the way through me and I ran and the next thing and I know the next snippet and scene in my life was I had that lion by the beard and I was striking him with my, with my staff and I killed him with my bare hands and the same thing happened with a bear And I imagine Saul must have realized that this guy here has been anointed to be more than just a musician for me. 
And so he sends him out. And David does something crazy. When he goes out and he sees Goliath, David goes down. First of all, he goes to the brook and he picks up five smooth stones. Not because he thought he was going to miss. Because he knew Goliath had four brothers. And he intended on taking out every one of them if he had to. But he went down to the brook. I want you to understand this because he, pick, he didn't pick rocks up off the bank. He picked rocks up out of the brook. They had laid under a flow. And if you know anything about river rocks, when the river flows over those rocks for a long period of time, it begins to smooth out the rough spots in them, which gives them to, to makes them able to have direction. See, if we don't allow God to smooth the rough spots out in our life, we can have no direction. We'll veer off. We'll want him to launch us, but we wind up going this way or that way. So David picked up five smooth stones so that, one, they could have direction. Two, they could have velocity. And number three, when they hit, they'd have impact. And he does something crazy. He goes out, and when he sees Goliath, he don't run from him. He runs to him. And there's something that freaks out big men when little men run at them. There was a big bulldog just the other day running through our backyard. And I was wondering why he was running. Next thing I know, I look, I see our little chihuahua right on his heels just a barking. That bulldog, he's got his ears back. He's take off running. He's, he's, he's gone. He's getting out of there. I can remember one time there was this big, big boy in our neighborhood. And there was some neighbors out watching because this guy had hollered something to me. And I hollered something back at him. Big, huge guy. And the next thing I know, he's standing at the edge of a yard. He's got a pool stick. Well, I'm, he, he's hollering at me, telling me that he's, you know, he'll do this and that and the other. And I'm looking at these neighbors that have been looking at me because we've been arguing back and forth. And I'm saying, I ain't no way I'm turning back now. And I look at this guy, and he is huge. And I take off running at him. And when I run, he dropped the pool stick and ran in his house. And I was thinking the whole time, I hope he will leave and not hit me with that pool stick when I get there. I was scared to death. But there's something that freaks them. They don't understand. They don't know why. Why is this little guy coming after me? When David ran at Goliath, he ran out there. But what David was saying to him, David was saying to him, you come to me with a spear and a javelin, everything that makes sense. You come to me with the things of war that you think that's going to take me down. But what you fail to see, you focused on this little guy here. But there's an anointing of a God that stands beside me that will not fail, that will not let me down. He will always overcome. And David went and took Goliath down. When he threw his rod, he didn't wonder if he missed. He didn't think it was going to go this way or that way. He knew when it hit him and he fell to the ground. David went and done something that he did. That he, he pulled the sword out of his own sheath and took Goliath's head off with it. David was saying, look, Anointing released equals giants deceased. 
David pulled his sword and took his head off. I want you to see this because I believe this with all of my heart. I believe in this last day, God's going to use his men and women to draw out what the enemy has closest to him to take his head off. What are you talking about? Listen to me. What does the enemy have closest to him right now? I believe it's the backslider. Can you believe, can you imagine how many, listen, there's people that have been raised in church, there's people that have been backslidden, that have been out of church, been hurt for different reasons, that have not come into the church. And I believe that God is going to raise up some of those men and women in this last day to take the enemy's head off. Amen. The anointing, it's important. It's important for the anointing that God has placed in you to be released through you. It's important for you to be in the house of God. It's important. Listen, don't just be anointed, but allow that anointing to flow through you. When you see somebody that needs prayer, don't say, we'll be praying for you. Pray for them. Well, we're in Walmart. That's where all God's people meet. <laughs> the anointing that's released through our life will take down the giant, no matter how big the giant is. My daddy. Tomorrow will be two years. He's gone. And I miss him. Miss him very bad. But my dad, out of all his brothers and sisters, all of them, every one of them, were bad diabetics. Bad diabetics. And my dad began to pray as a young man when he got saved. He said, it will not come to my home. And he prayed, and he's the only one. Him and none of our, his children have had diabetes. Anointing released, giants deceased. Let's all stand. Some of you in here are have been facing financial difficulty. Some of you in other areas, maybe it's medical. And I believe God give us doctors. I believe that. Somebody told me one time they was they come down for prayer and they said, well, I believe I got healed. I said, that's great. That's awesome. Let's stand on that. Let's, look, let's believe on that. I said, but don't stop taking your medication. If God healed you, it's okay for you to go to the doctor. And the doctor...
take you off your medicine. Listen, that's not a lack of faith. Taking medicine is not a lack of faith. If it is, stop going to the doctor. But at the same time, we need to understand there's a lot of things happening that don't have to happen. God hasn't stopped healing. God hasn't stopped delivering. God hasn't stopped setting people free. It's we've stopped drawing close to God and being in the position that we need to be in in order to see the anointing released through our lives. Amen? And what we need to do is we need to start cutting away some things out of our life. Hmm? We need to get back to fasting and praying instead of feasting and playing. I'm all about planning. I'm all about getting things together. I'm all about information, but information is just information. If you don't have the anointing, it's nothing. You listening to me? We got to have the anointing. Got to have the Spirit of God. Why not have them both? Why not have the anointing and understanding? If you're here today, you're standing before a giant. I can tell you this. What God has placed in you will take down your giant if you'll let it. Maybe you're going through a struggle right now and you say, you don't understand. You don't understand the size of my mountain. No, you don't understand the size of my God. He's bigger. He's badder than anything you face. And he loves you. He's not looking for somebody else. Sometimes you say, well, I, you know, I, w- I, wish, I wish somebody just, I wish the Lord would just speak to my mountain. Well, sometimes God wants you to speak to your mountain. It's up to you. How many of you want to see your mouth? How many want to see your giant fall? Mm. Whenever one of will, come join around these altars. We're going to pray.